Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about right so let me take you back into that night when it was announced who the doctor was going to be uh what were your feelings well yeah so they did that special program i think it was on bbc one this time wasn't it It was like saturday night or something they became big and events didn't they the name yeah it usually was with bloody show. zoe ball or somebody yep. isn't it you yeah know. they would get they would get someone that had obviously never seen the program <laughs> Yeah, wheel them on. To introduce it, wheel them on. And I remember this one was really weird because they actually brought on guests at the most tenuous links, mm. didn't it? What well, it was, um, oh, uh, what's this? A uh, Rufus Hound they brought on, didn't they? Yeah. The most, and it was like, okay, you 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 do actually eventually end up in one episode, but yeah, tenuous, tenuous linking. Um, so yeah, so they they had this big program and they kept mentioning sort of through the program that about an older doctor. And I think I mentioned before that, like, Peter Capaldi was a front-runner for the 11th Doctor. Mm. And so it was like, no, come on, please, please. I was so wishing it, because I absolutely adore Peter Capaldi in um, Thick of It. Mm -hmm. I thought he's just, you know, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. He makes swearing a poetic art form. Um, and I, I sort of thought they, they're not going to go with him because of that, because how... It was sort of bad enough with Torchwood, wouldn't it, that there was complaints where parents were saying, how can the kids want to watch something that Captain Jack's in? Yeah. And we show him that. And I thought, you imagine the kid going, Mummy, can I, Doctor Who's in this programme, yeah. can I watch it? <laughs> of course you can. Come the fuck in or fuck the fuck out. Ma'am! Yeah, it would have been, <laughs> it would have been eye-opening. Um, so yeah, so they, they got to the end of the programme and they announced it was Capaldi. And I actually had tears in my eyes. I, I was so emotional. I thought, oh, finally, this is it. Operation Golden Age, it's starting. Yeah, we're not we're not going to have stupidity or anything like that. And I, to be fair, I have enjoyed Matt Smith's take on it. But towards the end, towards the end, oh my goodness, it got so convoluted. I mean, do you remember the one of the episodes they reset the entire universe? Yeah, it got very silly. Like you say, it got Incredibly very convoluted. Silly. Yeah. And yeah, 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 and, and yeah, I I was thinking, well, this is it—a hard reboot. Yes. A more yep. serious Doctor. We're, we're, we're going to jettison all their bollocks with the soap opera elements and the yep. silly, yep. silly stories. We're, we're away with the companions being the most important thing. Away yep. with the families on industrial council. Away estates. with you all. Away, yeah, away with, with you it all. all. And back to because because Peter Capaldi kept saying Hartnell was my favourite. I'm going to play him like Hartnell. Yep. Oh, come on. Yep. And come on, Peter. Uh, uh, and of course he he, he is a massive. Who fanboy, who fan, isn't yeah, it's he? Huge who fanboy. I mean, it's not. There's some. I think in one of the Doctor Who monthlies, isn't there? There's a letter from him. Yes. Um, and this, this. I mean, fair do to the guy. He, he grew up a Doctor Who fan, and he got into acting because he wanted to play Doctor Who. Yeah. And he eventually played Doctor Who. I mean, hats off to him. Um, but the, you know, you know that that phrase they say where they say, "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> do you, yeah. Because 
because it wasn't a golden age. It, and it certainly wasn't, it and almost wasn't. from the get-go, it yes. wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was so bizarre. This so because we're watching Doctor Who in a fairly unusual way, aren't we? We're we're watching one one Doctor, one era, more or less, mm. every, every week. Um, sometimes more than that, depending on how many of these we're doing. Um, so it's it's an unusual way. It's not the normal way you watch it. And one thing that's rapidly become apparent to me is that they regenerate the Doctor, but they don't regenerate the show. No, that's a now, very good way of yeah, putting it. In classic Who, whenever you... I mean, mo- mostly you would change the production crew when a Doctor regenerated. Certainly in the early days, it, it sort of didn't follow quite closely. But you would... When you brought a new production crew in, the entire the entire show would change. Mm. It was never a formula show, and and what's become very apparent just watching these few episodes in a row is Doctor Who has become a formula show. Yep, um, because because you could take the story we're talking about tonight. You oh, could take Peter Capaldi yep. out. You could put Matt Smith in. You could put David yep. Tennant in. You could put Christopher Eccleston in, couldn't you? Yep, and it would make no difference. To the fact where I started watching it, and I'd, I'd sort of forgotten all the bad bits. I knew I didn't really enjoy this era, but I'd sort of forgotten how bad it was. And the storyline, especially in this episode, the storyline is split into two. So you've got the mummy parts, and then you've got the companion parts. And this is this could be a continuation of... Amy and Rory from last week, yep, and good. Rose and Mickey from the week before. Yep. It is so weird. Yep. Yeah. So, and you suddenly realise they're bereft of ideas. It's it's a stale program. Mm. And that's quite that's quite eye opening for a Doctor Who fan. It's quite it made me very melancholy. Since it, I it's this. Eye, yeah, it's eye opening, but it's depressing. And, very depressing. Yeah. And, and what is depressing is at some point during. Peter Capaldi's era, I gave up on Doctor Who mm. because I, I was just fed up with being disappointed yes. every week. And then I just thought, I made a conscious decision. I'm wasting my time here. I've got better things to do. And for, for a long time Doctor Who fan, going back you know, to the late 60s, early 70s, on a Saturday night to leave my children watching Doctor Who while I went up to yeah. have a shower or something. It's that just says it all, really, yeah. doesn't it? And, and I think you, you sort of go through almost a period of mourning, don't you? Because it you've, it you, was very we, depressing. Yeah, it, I think you do go into depression. Now, I stuck with it. And I, I thought, I think I almost got into a, <coughs> a Walking Dead frame of mind here. So I used to watch Walking Dead, and I Walking Dead is one of those programs it's, it's a soap with zombies basically mm. and every every episode I'd watch on a Sunday night and then come up to bed because Anne hated it she wouldn't watch it thought it was the most boring thing ever um, so I'd come up to bed she'd go how was that and every time I'd say what a load of shite what a load mm. of shite then occasionally you'd get one episode where you'd come up and go oh, hey, it's back and then the following week then the week. Mm. Mm. Um, and she eventually said to me she goes for your own good you've got to stop watching this and I, I thought Okay, I'll, I'm going to stop watching it now, and I've never looked back. Hmm. I realised what a waste of my time. It's almost up there with Lost as as wasted time. Yeah. And I I don't feel quite that that this era was wasted time, but it's damn close. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Which yeah, is I... such a shame because because yeah, it, it, so much. It's promise. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. <laughs> and do you know what? I I did. 
I do like Peter Capaldi, but just watching this, I don't know whether we've just picked a duff episode or, and I don't think we have, but he's visibly bored. You mm. can see he's putting zero effort into this. And it shouldn't be. This is no. Peter Capaldi. Yep. Well, not, not in this one. He's, he, he's dressed up, but normally he's in a very third doctor style outfit. Yep. Peter Capaldi. It should be brilliant. And it's it not. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not. Yeah. He's, He's playing it in a, a way because I, I I love acerbic humour. I love sarcastic people, but there's no there's no twinkle. No, no twinkle Not. to his eye. There's no warmth in any of this. No, um, no. I know they were. I know. I know the storyline eventually became that, you know, he spent fifty bazillion gazillion years punching a wall or something utter shite nonsense hmm. and they said oh he's the doctor that's lived too long and he's he's at, he's in his last regeneration and if that's the case he's playing it brilliantly because he he feels like someone that he feels like someone that's clinically up. depressed yeah 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 that's not what we want is it a clinically no. depressed doctor we would have given up on the show back in the 70s if that was the case oh, yeah. yeah and it, it, it's just it, it just shows how bereft of imagination this particular period was and i've got to put a huge amount of this down to stephen moffat i mean e- even this last night like i say it's a game of two halves isn't it you've got the 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 the, the ostensibly the a storyline and then you've got the the companion and running arc and by mm. god was that <laughs> tedious oh yes and ah. i don't know this story mummy on the orient express i don't know if by this point I had given up because sometimes I did watch it but I can remember and, and again how depressing is this I would fall asleep halfway through and I literally would wake up because of the uh, credits at the end would really? wake me up and none of my children had gone uh, you wake up you're missing it <laughs> do you know do you know I think I mean I actually and I, this, this is actual truth I fell asleep watching it this time did you? I did. I fell asleep. I'm watching a, a, a story about a killer mummy on a train, and I fell asleep. That can't, that's yeah. something's wrong there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's and you know I'm a I'm a, a huge Doctor Who fan, and I'm doing this. I'm researching it as a podcast. Yet it still didn't hold my attention enough that I didn't fall asleep watching it. Yeah, I woke up and thought, oh God, I'm going to have to rewind a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was so. Dull. How do you make a killer mummy dull? But we, well, they manage. We, yeah, I was going to say, should we start from the beginning? Let's, there, a couple of let's get going. All right. We passed the TARDIS on the way here. Thought about getting inside, hiding, pulling the levers and hoping for the best. But we couldn't even get in. There was a force field around it. It's probably Gus trying to block our escape route. But how does he even know what it is? Because if he knows what it is, then he knows what you are. Well, he has... Tried to entice me here before. Free tickets, mysterious summons, even phoned the TARDIS one. You know you how difficult knew. I knew. You knew this was no relaxing break. You knew this was dangerous. I didn't know. I certainly hope. Okay, this. You see, this. This is why I'm leaving you. This because you lied. You lied to me again. And now you've made me lie. You've made me your accomplice. What? Sorry. Uh, when did you lie? Clara? Maisie, I am. I am so sorry. Music. Terrible. Oh, it is don't atrocious. Like yeah, don't like that. I'd forgotten quite how bad this... Uh, I'm not... I, I mean, the, the titles are okay. 
not my favourite. I mean, they've gone. I mean, Christ, this is this is the most um, the most literal minded person in the gun. He's a time lord. Let's have cogs from a war. Yeah, no, yeah. So I don't like it. I don't no. like it. I don't like the credits. I don't like the music. The logo's all right. Logo's okay. Yeah. The yeah. music is 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 just terrible. It's it's all the the cadences off. It doesn't sound right. It sounds like you know. You know when people make fan films and they know they can't, they got to do it where they can't have any any the uh, genuine one. Yeah, they can't have the genuine one. They got to make it just different enough that the yeah. YouTube uh, algorithms won't discover it. Yeah, that's and that's exactly yeah. what it is. Or it's one of those old remix albums you used yeah, to get. Of, yeah, if, if at of the end themes. of it, it said music by Jeff Love, I'd go, oh, ah, right, uh, okay. right, yeah, no, it's not good. It's not no. good. Um, so yeah, we got this train, a 1920s yeah. style train, and you've got an old lady who sees a mummy, um, um, and a clock starts at the bottom of the screen yeah, I, when she like, sees this mummy. I like this first, this first scene. I think it's, it sets the scene really well because they don't immediately let on that it's in space. No. Um, so you could be thinking, oh, we're in for a nice period. Yes. Story, and then you see the mummy, and they show the mummy right away, and it's it's gorgeous suit i mean it's a fabulous suit yeah and it's it's really creepy the way they do it and it's really it's this i mean i'm a big fan of the um, lon cheney jr caris mummy movies Mm -hmm. because he was an unstoppable thought he he wasn't very fast i mean he had a gammy leg and a dodgy arm and one eye and a pot belly no wonder yeah probably no wonder he was in bandages um (laughs) but it was the fact that you couldn't stop you you would eventually tire or trip on the small twig Mm -hmm. and he would get you and managed to strangle you with one hand. Mm. Interesting. Um, so I thought, yeah, it started, and I thought, oh, excellent, I've chosen one. Because literally, the only reason I chose this because I thought we're on a we're on a classic monsters vibe here, mm. and it yes, and it's like mummy. I like mummies. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, yeah, it start, starts really well. You get the the, the teaser. Um, oh yeah, because I forgot we're back to the 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 teaser trade. A the pre-credit sequence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the music wasn't the first thing. So I, I wasn't sure about the counter. You know, it comes up with the clock counter. And I thought, yeah. I'm not oh, I'm not sure this brings you out of the program. I don't think you need you need this. This is a weird directoral choice. Because nothing well, late, else in the la- program does that, does it? It's, no, and later on, you've got Frank Skinner, um, yeah. you know, saying what the time is. So you don't need yes. the clock. I think it's bad when... when Nothing against Frank Skinner, but when you can say the best thing in the episode is Frank Skinner, yes, that's damning with faint praise, isn't it? It is rather. Yeah. It is rather. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. Without that clock, you'd have gone, oh, a mummy on yeah. a train in the yeah. 1920s. Oh, yeah. 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 Horror ah, Express, yeah. you know, and sort I, of thing. Well, that, that. Yeah. Absolutely right. I, that's what I thought of was Horror Express, which again, I think it's 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 one of your favourite films. It's certainly one of my mm. favourite schlocky horrors. Um, we could. Can you imagine if this had been a period piece? It would have been so mm. much better, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't have to tweak it much. You know, they, they've they've what the the professor guy has picked up the body in uh, you know in the far east. Yes, Kathmandu. Across Kathmandu, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you wouldn't you, need that, much. That's a blooming good point. You, it didn't need to be set in space. No, you could. No, this you, is you, could, you could kill yeah. off, you know, the kitchen staff in another way. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah, these could have been 1920s boffins, yeah. didn't they? And I hmm. think it would have been all the better for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Stephen Moffat, and it is the, uh, you know, I mean, it's 
You've got to have a twist. You've got to have a twist. Mm. Sherlock Holmes in space. Um, it's, yeah, this, the first scene, it set my hopes up high. And I thought, perhaps I was wrong. Perhaps I was just a grouchy bugger during this. Yeah, I enjoy the pre-credit bit, you know. Yeah. Um, Because she can see the mummy. Nobody else can see the mummy. They just think there's something wrong with her. Yeah. Yeah, and it it reaches her and touches her when the clock reaches zero. She screams. We cut to outside. We have a train going through space and into the credits. Yeah. All right, and then after that, that's when the TARDIS arrives in the baggage compartment. We're a train in space and you can hear it going over the sleepers. Mm. This story, I mean, we say time and time again that if you're thinking about something because you've got to talk about it, you think about it more than normal. But even, I think, even if I had watched this when it was first shown, things like that and a lot of the other stuff we're going to be talking about makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No. Would your eyes have rolled? I think mine would. I might have gone up, yeah. gone upstairs and just had a shower yeah. or something. I think, I think, I think, I can't really remember my initial reaction to this, but I think it would probably have been, you know, like when they did the Titanic episode, mm. and I remember my reaction to that was, oh, God, Titanic in space. This is yeah. children's BBC yeah. ideas. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, it, it could have worked. You, even now, you could still salvage this episode, but then. The, the TARDIS lands. Yes. And out comes Clara. Oh, Clara. Oh. Do you know what? I, um, uh, I like the actress whose name escapes me. Terrible. Uh, Jenna, Jenna Coleman. Coleman. That's it. Jenna I like Coleman. the actress. She's brilliant in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Other stuff I've seen her in, she's brilliant. And individually, I think she's a really good actress in this. The trouble is, her character is... I think I, I can't remember. I, I think was it Mark who said on the Facebook page that that she's she was rewritten every. She's inconsistent. Episode. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember as soon as she came out, it brought it was like oh, it brought back so many memories about the fact like so she when she's introduced, it's like she's the impossible girl. She's the character that that how is she in Victorian London and she's in here and how is she. Re- and then, as as the character went on, I I can I can possibly say that this is the worst Mary Sue character I've mm. ever witnessed. This is Stephen Moffat wanting to have the most important part in the history of Doctor Who. So this character ends up every single Doctor Who adventure you've ever seen is is happens and the doctor is saved for any because of her she because she's spread her. throughout it's it's utter tedious nonsense i've just it had a flashback doesn't she say to the first doctor don't yep. steal that one steal that yep. one yeah steal oh. that one yeah it's oh dear oh, dear yeah so so that came flooding back and it was like oh, oh okay and then peter poldy comes out and uh, he's nicely dressed he's in period costume mm-hmm. although he looks like a fan dressed up for a convention as the doctor, doesn't he? <laughs> Who hasn't something got, about, got, yeah, got, got quite it quite got it. right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't get yeah. the right tie. There's something about the way he's dressed that just, it doesn't feel, it feels like someone's literally just dressed him five minutes before and that's not, he doesn't wear that. No. None of it looks right. Um, and especially his traditional outfit that he's wearing yeah, at that time would have fitted perfectly, in. Perfectly, yeah. 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 We were complaining last week that they don't, 
they don't dress up for historical stuff this week it's like oh okay i see why they didn't do yeah it. yeah i mean you know jenna Coleman looks very nice and actually a nice dress flapper style dress mm. um but immediately i uh, i mean i again i don't know whether we've just i've just chosen poorly but immediately we're thrust into the oh i forgot they're bloody arguing again aren't they they're, they are they know, are this th- th- this whole thing about you know that conversation about the smile when he finds yeah. her smile confusing. I-, I read that that is a Stephen Moffat addition, and yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that he says that they're on this exact recreation of the yes. classic. There's been many Orient Express. There's still an Orient Express now, isn't space. there? Yeah. But only one in space, and you've got this. It's totally twenties authentic. Apart from that really naff Queen cover version that's going yes. on, for some reason, um, and uh, well, yeah. she was a big singer, wasn't she at the time? She was one of those one-hit wonder oh, singers. Was she? Go- yeah, I remember that there was a big, like in all the confidentials and everything around this time in the magazine. It was like this, this huge singer who had had one hit is singing a song on it, and then, of course now is she's still you go, around. Who? No, I don't think so. That maybe this. The- Ended her career. You never well, know. I might have done. Yeah. If any, if any of the listeners know she is or like her as a singer, you can comment on Facebook and mm. um, yeah, tell us if you can name three of her hits. You win a prize. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that that that, that bickering. We, we we've got the bickering, bickering. Yeah, doctor and word. companion. Yeah. You know, um, they're patching. Something's gone on. I don't know what. No, you I know. couldn't remember what the hell. It's something to do with that she she didn't. She didn't want to travel with him for some reason, and something he'd done left her betrayed. No, oh, tedium, tedium, tedium. Yeah. You know, people complain about Perry and the Sixth Doctor, and it's like, oh, it's not very realistic. They're bitching all the time. They're not having. I mean, that was there was a warmth there. That there's no warmth here whatsever. They're not friends. You don't no. believe for one not second for that one they're second. friends. And what I don't understand. So the doctors, and this again is schizophrenic writing. So the doctors obviously cut up that she doesn't want to travel with him blah, blah, blah. and then like halfway through the episode he offers frank skinner a role it's mm. like he would have dropped her straight away yep there's no why does he want to travel with her she appears to be a bit of a pain in the ass and why a does bit. she want to travel with him yes <laughs> why, well they f- wouldn't it be nice to, to to meet someone that's happy to travel in the tardis during this era that would be nice wouldn't do you know it what? you don't have to do it no. You can get off. Yeah, at any point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. All the while this is going on, we keep seeing the train going through space, yes. which looks a bit naff, the way it's going. It's very Polar Express in, yes. in its CGI-ness, yeah, you know. And they find out about the old lady and the mummy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I've got here, oh, good, soap time. Clara yeah. can somehow call on her mobile to her boyfriend's mobile. Do you know what? Even I though think... she's God knows where in the galaxy. Yeah. I'd forgotten that Danny Pink was even in this. Now, is I that like his this. name? That's the character's name, yeah. The actor I really like. He was in um, Trollid. Really good. He's been in a few things. He's, 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 he's wasted in this program. He's a really right. good actor. But yeah, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten. And then he is just... He is Mickey and Rory and every other sort of left-at-home boyfriend. Mm. And it's like, oh, another storyline where the character's boyfriend is jealous of the character with the doctor but there's nothing in it even though they really do love each other oh for god's sake you need to fast forward through all these bits don't you you really do and the doctor's in the baggage compartment and he finds an excelsior 
life extender. Yes. Along Coming with Frank Skinner. So, so they've got life extenders. They haven't perfected anything better than bubble wrap. No. Yeah, no. Frank, Frank Skinner is the surprise of this episode. Frank Skinner's he does a very, very competent job. He's you know, like I say, I'm not joking when he's one of the better things in this. He didn't annoy, he didn't go for any weird comedy stuff. Now I know Frank Skinner was he's a, been a lifelong Doctor Who fan and he sort of petitioned for a part. Mm-hmm. And I think because Rufus Hound did the same, didn't he, in the uh, the, the Highwayman episode. Oh god, do you remember that story right? <laughs> um <laughs> Lots of look forward to it. We have, haven't um, we? And he he mugged it up something shocking. Whereas Frank Skinner plays it dead straight and all the better for it. See, I had forgotten he was in it, and then I see his name in it, and I'm not a big fan fan of Frank Skinner. Um, but yeah, no, for me too, he was the surprise. Yes. he, he yeah. came out of this best out of this story. I, I if, think if if they if it had gone on to be the companion and they'd have dropped. Clara, I would have gone. Yeah, excellent. Okay, good, good idea. Let's see what happens here. Hmm. Yeah. But, but no, we don't do that because uh, you know we've got to have the teenage girl audience involved. Well, we do. And I imagine Frank Skinner probably not a big draw for teenage girls. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he might have a rugged charm. <laughs> I do not know. But for some reason, the Doctor starts talking about something called the Foretold. Yeah, this comes from nowhere, doesn't it? Absolutely nowhere. He goes yeah. and sees that guy in the in the yeah. carriage, and then just starts talking to him about the Foretold. Yeah, this this again is a, a very sort of Stephen Moffat trope. No one learns anything organically. And I at first I thought because oh, I thought if I felt falling asleep, I didn't fall asleep till later. But I thought oh. I'll rewind it a bit. I've missed a line here. Nope. nothing. Nope. He just immediately starts talking about the foretold. And you start thinking, what's the foretold? So so all he knows is that this old woman died. He's not been told anything about, really, about seeing the mummy or anything like that in any detail. And he immediately can peg it down that it's this supposed galaxy-wide... Uh, this mythical figure. Mythical creature, yeah. This mythical thing that's happening... And it's it's so well known that there's a whole trainload of scientists that that are experts on this. Oh yes, we forgot to say they're all boffins, aren't they? Yeah, they're all Who... boffins on this subject and 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 myths and that in general. Yes. Nothing comes of that. Nothing whatsoever. No, no. And he's talking to that guy. He hands him out a jelly baby. I, yeah. I think this is the first time we see a jelly baby in New Who. Um, yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, and he says that some legends are true, they have a basis in truth, and at that point, the cook, right, starts to see it, and the clock starts running again, and he's got his 66 seconds. Yes. The mummy is really good. The it, mummy uh, is excellent. It, it, looks, yeah. it looks good, and, you know, uh, it's, it's very effective. Um, but then it's spoilt, because the next bit is the Doctor going to see the Captain, and we've got that rubbish psychic paper that tells yeah. him that he's a mystery shopper. And this, this is again, is this this smacks of Stephen Moffat's sense mm-hmm. of humour, doesn't it? The mist. Oh yeah, he's a mystery shopper. Oh, yeah. So the it's just not funny. Yeah, it's not funny at all, and it's not it's not worth the the rest of the 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 atmosphere destroyingness about it for that joke. It's not worth it as a joke. It's not that. It's not funny enough to warrant no the fact that every time they then mention it, it pulls you out of the the, the show. Um, I'd I'd forgotten as well 
because we've we've been used to like classic Who and coming up, and you know, there's um, the the during this era the um, the the incidental characterization for the incidental characters is non-existent, isn't it? They'll mm. say one line about what they are, or the Doctor will immediately know. Like in yeah. this, he immediately knows. He knows all about the captain, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, and if you're going to do that, then then at least have a scene where the Doctor's looking around all the stuff on the wall. They show us it, and then the Doctor walks in and says it. Are we meant to ascertain that he immediately read all those yeah, things? Just have that... him waiting for the Captain and have a look at the things yeah. that are on the wall. Yeah. And then show it closer. You know, the, the direction in this episode is really strange as well. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Perkins, that's Frank Skinner. He gives yes. he gives the Doctor all the blueprints and uh, on that on the sh- on on the train and where it's been and stuff like this. Yeah, this this is weird as well. So, so the Doctor says, "Oh, I might be suspicious of someone that has got this stuff prepared so quickly." And then uh, Perkins says, "Oh, it might be a man that's been uh, looking at this for a long time." And they think, "What? Well, hang on, so." He's into the foretold. He's been, but why on this train? What is, is it? Is it been affecting this train specifically? Because no one, no one goes. Oh, it's the foretold again. So why is he? Been... I think that no. I think they're doing this to try and get an Agatha Christie style who done it oh, well, sort right. of yeah. thing out of it. You know, who's got a motive? Who knows this? Who knows yeah. that? I don't understand. I mean, we're we're supposed to up up to this point think that this spaceship. Is modelled after a train. If that's the case, why are all the details that Perkins got on 1920s style paper? You know, yeah. this is a high tech vehicle, uh, except it's it not. Is. Yeah, but you also like. I don't. I don't know whether Stephen Moffat's ever been to a theme park, because yes, it might. You know, you go to Disneyland or whatever, and it might look like on the surface that it's. Uh, Victorian. Yes. They don't use all the Victorian equipment. You know what I mean? It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Behind the scenes, that yeah. is all high tech. It should be, it shouldn't is. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they check the CCTV and it and yeah. realise it takes yes, yeah, 66 seconds from the foretold appearing to the person dying, yeah, just like is, the myth. Yeah, this is all very rushed as well, which is a shame because we waste so much time on the the B storyline of the companion. Well, the problem is that this bit, which feels rushed, is interspersed with this yes. tedious Miss Pitt and Clara talking oh, about yeah. relationships. Yeah. And it, it, this is the sort of thing, when you're watching it live on a Saturday night, that you want a fast-forward function yes. on the TV. Or just record it and watch it the next day, yeah, and then you I can fast-forward through yeah. all this rubbish. You know, yeah, I, I would Sky Plus it and then just fast-forward bits the next day. Um Weirdly, Anne, when I said to Anne, she goes, what, what episode are you? And I said, oh, it's the mummy on the Orient Express. Or I said, it's the mummy on a train. She goes, oh, the Orient Express. I said, yeah. She goes, I remember that one. It was rubbish. Mm. <laughs> it's like, excellent. Um, mm. But yeah, this, this, this tedious, tedious nonsense with the companions and the relationships and the, the innuendo and the heavy simile. And it, it wouldn't be so bad, but we've just had this with... The other companions. We just had it with Rose. Mm-hmm. It's so formulaic, and like oh. you, you, you just feel like slapping the the companions. Going, if you don't like it, bugger off. Just bugger off. Yeah. yeah. What I don't get is, you know, they're in the 
baggage uh, compartment, they, and they find a sarcophagus. Yes. This high-tech sarcophagus. Now we. But no, we, no one questions that. No one links. No. The oh, hang on. So a mummy. Everyone's she seen a mummy, a mummy, and there is a yeah. sarcophagus. That can't possibly be connected. But like you said, it's galaxy-wide. This myth. Yeah. So are sarcophagi galaxy-wide as well? I presume so. It's it's common enough that no one on the train has said. You know, when they're loading it, it's a bit weird, isn't it? So I say, you could have easily tweaked all of this to be that it was, a, you know, you got the Victorian explorer and then the doctor's saying to him, it's, it's your mummy. Don't be daft, a mummy is just a cadaver wrapped in bandage. And they go and see it and open it. And, oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a dead book. You could have had lots of, no, let's have 20 minutes of Clara bemoaning the fact that she's so hard done by. Ugh, ugh. Um, at that point... That's when the engine stops, and yes. uh, and, and we find out the whole thing is really a, a just a big hologram. A lot of the yeah. people on the train is a hologram. They're that that they're, they're not where they think they are, yeah. right? But that so all these experts that have been gathered, thinking that they were going to be you know going on this jaunt across the galaxy, are in space on something. But they've been gathered there to look at this scroll and decipher what this yeah. scroll is. Why the pretense then? How yeah, did they I, get there? How do these experts come on board this, well, this thing? This, this makes no sense. So no one expressed surprise that there's a, a space version of the uh, Orient Express with all the correct details. No one expresses surprise. So you've got to imagine that that this is something, and you can book. Makes sense. It's a touristy thing. You can book a ride on this spaceship that happens to look like, mm. you know, excellent. No problem. Then, then it turns out it's all a hologram, and they're all shocked at this. So I thought they could have had it where everyone knows it's a hologram. That's mm. why it's such a good reenactment. So when it, but no, they're all shocked that they're in a hologram, and then half the passengers are holograms, and we yes. get that that pathetic again throwaway joke where the the head guard says he was my best man that makes no sense no uh, uh, and it's it's just destroying any atmosphere that this episode's trying to build up yeah because it, it's like me when i watch the new star wars films instead of being yeah. involved oh, in the story yeah. i'm thinking no that that don't make sense no that's yeah. but that, that that contradicts something else and and stuff yeah. like that and you shouldn't be thinking that you should be going along yeah. For the ride, shouldn't you? Yeah. So, so what was the point of, other than the fact that they wanted to get him into a, a, a laboratory? What was the point of the whole? It's a hologram. Oh my God! It's a hologram. What? The, that made no sense. Why not just have that? The last carriage that's locked. Yeah. Is the laboratory, and he starts cutting off the air, and they have to run to that because they don't want to do it. So they have to. Run. It's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps I'm just not getting something in this story, but it didn't, no, there's it didn't nothing make to any get. Sense. There's nothing to get, and there's a big, big question coming up sh- soon. Um, but before that, Hargreaves, the boffin, you know, who had yeah. the jelly baby, he sees the mummy. The mummy appears. The clock starts going, and and the doctor quite ruthlessly it basically says to him, "Yeah, you're going to die. There's nothing we can do about it. But tell us what you can see." Yeah, which is again a very undoctor-like. I can't yeah. see original any original no. Who being this callous. No, well, I can't even see any of the other new Who's. Can you imagine um, Matt Smith? So, no. so 
you know, cavalierly go, oh, you're going to die. Bad luck. At least describe stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Doctor doesn't even try and wave the Sonic at it or anything, does he? It's nope. like, ah, I've given up. You would think he would give him words of comfort. Yeah. You know, a go into the light sort of thing at the end. Yeah. Instead of, like, nagging him into saying, what can you see? Um, and uh, he basically says to everybody left, you're... you're yeah. You've got to study your own death, basically, and you've got to yeah. tell the others. Yeah, but what, what he tells see. them is is the most pointless stuff in history, and it? it's like oh, he's he's about five foot eight and he's covered in bandages. Yeah. Well, yeah. well done, mate. Your your death wasn't in vain, was it? No. Uh, we we then find out the sarcophagus is a stasis unit. Yep. And the kitchen staff are dumped into space as a warning. You've got to keep on working. Yeah. Throughout this, it's the computer that's behind it all, isn't it? Yeah. The computer is the bad guy. That, that's what I took away from it, yeah. So, the, the, the computer of the spaceship is the bad guy. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't make head nor tail of this plot. It was, like, it was like it had been written in someone's lunch break. The sarcophagus yeah. is the stasis unit for the foretold, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, yeah. The, the so the computer. Yeah. So, so the computer arranged for that to be put on board, yeah. then collect all these all boffins. The boffins, because it wants them studying. Then it's got to threaten them. I don't. So surely, surely it could have just advertised this and said, "I've got this sarcophagus. Uh, any of you boffins want to study it?" And they would have gone, "Yeah, it's my life's work." Yeah. Why does the computer want to know what the foretold is? It, it's got the foretold. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what the computer's getting out of this. But then I don't think they care because you suddenly get... You, you rapidly get to the point in this episode where you realise that this isn't the A storyline, sadly. This is the B story. This yeah. is the filler amongst mm. the, the character parts. And you realise that you're not going to get a satisfactory story. And it peters out two-thirds of the way through the episode. Yeah. yeah. Boy, does it. Yeah. The next... The massive question for me is the at the point where the doctor works out because he wants details off the victims. He some yeah. somehow works out that they all have weaknesses of some sort, right? Yeah. And the foretold will go to a person that's got a weakness. So why does if if all the people that we've seen, you know, the old lady, you know, uh, Hargreaves, yeah. the the, the guy in the kitchen and that, if they've all got weaknesses, why doesn't the foretold just take them one after the other? What is this time delay before it then chooses I'm going to manifest myself again and come after the next one? Well, I, got, I, I think it's because it's that the hand grenade in the middle of the foretold has got a reset or something. Oh, has it got a reset? Yeah. It's got, ah, it's got a charge back that up. Bit. Yeah. But which one does it choose? You've got a carriage full of people with wit. Uh, all with weak weaknesses. Yep. How does so, it choose who's going to be the next one? So uh, I mean, they they could have they sort I suppose they sort of did it, but they didn't do it enough. They could have done it where, so the old woman, she's obviously the weakest, goes first, and then but then they go for the the chef, and they say, oh, he he had a heart condition anyway, or something, mm-hmm. and then it goes for Harvey. I mean, it's. It's lucky choosing, but are you telling me that there was no, in amongst that group, there was no one else that was, you know, worse off than, say, Hargreaves? He didn't appear to be that 
No, Ill. exactly. Ill. It's very selective, this, because yeah. the ne next is the captain. The captain goes, oh, I've got post-traumatic -tra stress disorder, yeah. and it comes for him, just as he says it. Yeah. But that's not really a weakness, is it? I mean, it's a bit disparaging for people that have got. It PTSD. is rather, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's not, it's not an illness as such. Mm. Um, also, I mean, I couldn't get my head around. It turns out this is an ancient weapon. It's like it's a bit of a shit weapon, isn't it? Really? It is. It is. You know, a handgun is better than this. <laughs> yeah. He he's trying to figure out what takes sixty seconds. Why is it sixty yeah. sec six seconds? Blah 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 blah. And uh, and I've then we find well. out. Yeah. I've forgotten as well how um, how irritating Peter Capaldi's sort of David Tennant style of talking to himself was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it is, but and it just doesn't work for his doctor. I know you've you... got to have it for a program. You got to, you can't just have a person scratching his chin and go, oh, got it. You, they've got to work through it. But that's why you have companion. That's that's the traditional role of a companion. Yes, is there to ask the questions and so you get backwards and forwards and knew who never seemed to have realized that and i don't i mean it's shocking that they never did so they have constantly have the doctor as someone that talks to himself yeah maybe maybe they think that's old school and that's demeaning yeah. that you've got a companion oh, that's always asking thing. questions but i'd rather have that than this but you know what that's what drama is <laughs> yeah yeah you know? I mean, you chose this story because I it's a mummy. It, it's a mummy, but it turns out it's not a mummy. Not they a mummy. actually say yeah. it's not a mummy, it's a vampire. Yeah. So for the three weeks in a row now, we've had, va or three, this is the third yeah, time third now we've time had vampires. vampires. Yeah. See, I, I've forgotten that completely. That's such a stupid thing. And you know what? I, you know, we said um, a couple of times now that you get the feeling they come up with the monster. They go mm. to the, the special effects shop and they go, you seen this? I did this last week. And they go, oh, we can make a story about that. This smacks of that even more so than before, that this mummy wasn't designed for this and the mummy was very much an afterthought and it was because he's, they've got this amazing mummy costume. Ooh, well, the, the genesis of what we're talking about is Stephen Moffat giving the writer the title, really? Mummy on the yeah. Orient Express, go off and write something. Brilliant. Hmm. Um, That's not the right way of going about William, it. William Castle used to do that with schlock films in the fifties, didn't he? Come up with yes. the title and then get going. But that was a schlock back. film. Yeah, not not meant to be a prestige BBC One drama. No. Oh, we no. were kidding ourselves. It's, at this point, it's not a prestige BBC One drama. No, it's a soap, and we've got that next yeah. because we've got the Barney between the Doctor uh, and Clara yeah. when Clara figures out because she they come past the TARDIS but she can't get in the TARDIS because there's a force field and that's when the penny drops that the doctor knew something like this was was going to happen and that's when we find out that the computer again something that don't make sense I I, I, I can vaguely remember Matt Smith saying you, you know that the TARDIS phone rang and there was something about the Orient Express and he says here you know whatever's behind it has tried contacting me before i don't yeah. know how a computer on board a train in space can phone the tardis but there you go and the trouble with with all this this inter inter time communication so like rose having a mobile phone clara having a mobile phone the fact that he uses a walkie you know a, a mic to mm. be able to talk to clara or it and this, the computer doing it, Winston Churchill calling the TARDIS, it so diminishes the specialness of the TARDIS, mm -hmm. doesn't it? That, I mean, at, at this point, 
it's immaterial that it can travel through time, isn't it? Because mm. all of time is treated the same. Yeah. It's it, it. It's squandering of the uniqueness of Doctor Who. It certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. I can un- I can understand now looking back on this why why the viewing figures started to tail off horrendously in these these couple of years. Well, I would rather People go and have a shower yeah. than watch brand new Doctor fan. Who with Peter Capaldi. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's un- you, it it defies belief, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I do quite like this scene though when Clara, you know. Um, you know, as a go at him. Oh, oh, Jonah Coleman's good in that. She's a good, yeah. This is what's so annoying. They're all good actors and actresses. But they're... I they're in they're, shit stories. They're in shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, talking about shit, that's when Miss the mummy comes for Miss Pitt. Yes. And we've got this... Who could have saw that coming, eh? Yeah, but we've got some, some bollocks where the doctor makes the mummy thinks... He is her. Yeah. I still can't figure that one out. But, I mean, bad luck Hargreaves, isn't it? Didn't bother trying to save him. No, yeah, true. True. You know. And and it's coming for the Doctor, and the Doctor is examining it as it comes yeah. nearer, and he figures out it's a soldier that's been adapted. Yes. And says to it, I surrender, at which point everyone sees it, the mummy salutes and disintegrates just leaving this little device. Yeah, so this 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 is madness anyway. So so this again is a very Stephen Moffat y thing, isn't it? The so they they've dropped hints all along that there's there's a special combination of words you can say to the the fore, mm. foretold foretold, oh, yes. whatever it's called. Um and and it will it will stop it. So everyone's trying, you know, offering it their money and the lying and all that. And um so I, I imagine that this they they thought the audience would go I surrender. Oh, that's so clever! Oh my god, that that's that makes perfect sense, and it makes no sense because it's a soldier going out to kill you. You surrender. Why does it? What's the point of it then? Falling apart and switching off and saluting before yeah. it does. It, it, because the soldier's seeing you as the enemy, and if yeah. you say I surrender, you wouldn't salute, would you? No. It and this been, thing is. Yeah, it'd have been better if the magic words would have been computer off. Yes. That I I would have gone. Okay, yeah, that's that's funny. I like that. Yeah. This it makes no sense. We also find out this foretold is five thousand years old. It's yeah. the spirit. It's the essence of a soldier from five thousand years before, who is has been adapted and reanimated by this device that's deep yep. inside it. It is out of phase with the rest of us and when you're just about to be taken you go out of phase so you can see the mummy in which case why 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 does everybody see see you yes that makes no sense i'm sure there's some mcguffin about it if this thing is five thousand years old say this is taking place you know um you know way in the future and it's say a world war one yeah soldier I can understand that, but if it's if it's you know not that far in the future, and this is an Earth soldier from you know the time of Cleopatra or something, yeah. it doesn't understand English. No, I mean there, so that makes no, no sense. But there's, I mean, the chances of it being some a soldier that understood English is quite rare anyway, isn't it? Well, Eng- English yeah. changes so much. You only go back yeah. two hundred years, and we were totally uh, talking differently. But what if this had been a French soldier? Yeah, that's another point, yeah. yeah. 
or even a, a soldier from a different planet because it's a galaxy-wide yeah. mythical. Ah, but you know, you know thing. what it is. We're missing, we're missing the obvious here. The TARDIS translates what the Doctor says into the Mummy's language. Oh yeah, that that nonsense yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, that uh, that crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, w- w- we have another traditional thing that you see in New Who, where the Doctor has got not much time to actually adapt something, yes. something he's never seen before, and yep. he's got to actually, you know, do something about it. Isn't it? Isn't it good though that that in the future, and this isn't just Doctor Who that does this, so we can't just blame Doctor Who, but in the future, everything can be adapted to do everything. Yep. I mean, yep. if I said to you, "Here's a VHS recorder." Adapt it into a microwave oven. Yeah, you're you're probably going to just throw it at me, aren't you? Yeah. But here, every 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 circuit can be aligned slightly with the sonic screwdriver or with a couple of wires on it. And, and it you can turn it into anything. You can turn anything. it into anything. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you remember the good old days when, like in the Sea Devils, where the Third Doctor converts a a speaker into a microphone? Yes. And it it's true, and he's talking. You can you do it. it. Yeah. Yes. And it, it's like oh. Good old days. But no, he, when, he manages to teleport yep. everybody into the TARDIS. Yes. Well, he says so because Clara wakes up well, on we, this yeah, beach, we, we doesn't she? We don't see any of this. We don't see <laughs> any of them. He says he's yeah. teleported everyone into the TARDIS and they went to this planet that they are now yeah. on. In fact, that's, uh, that's one of the few lines I like in this where Clara says it and the says, uh, well, I might, I might have just saved you, and then just he looks at. It's like, oh, that's what we should have had more of that style of twinkle. Yeah, in the I like him at the end. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I like that, and I like that. I re- I wrote it down. The line where he says, "Sometimes the only choices you have are bad ones, yeah. but you still have to choose." This is how Peter Capaldi should have been all the way through it. Yeah, you know, there's very much a. You get the vibe that. That he's just he's, he's talking about this like it's a job, mm. isn't he? Like you don't have to do this. Mm. Yeah, very strange. Well, he he did teleport old Frank Skinner because he Frank did, yes, Skinner Frank, is on board the TARDIS. This is when he offers yeah. you know Perkins or whatever yeah. his name was a, a job, but he knows about the TARDIS engines he recommends some things need changing yeah does this mean Perkins is a time lord well I mean that would have been that would have actually been quite a nice little turn up for the books you know you could have at the end you could have had him say yeah um you know it's just keeping an eye on your doctor tapping his nose these mark 40s you've got to watch out for But otherwise you've again got to you you've You've diminished the TARDIS to the point where it's just a machine. It's just something that other people understand, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Which is, yeah, is again very diminishing of the of the things that are unique to the show. Mm. So it's almost like that Stephen Moffat is disdainful of those very things that make the show the show. And this this will never work. It, it, yeah. it, I mean, that's what they did when they did the movie version of Thunderbirds, the Jonathan yes. Frakes things. Yeah. They ignored all the things that made it work and made yeah. it a success because they're going to do their own thing. Well, that's yeah. not what people want. No, you know, it's you, you've got you've got to keep the essence. I yeah. think. Um, yeah. But what, so instead, what they've done is is got rid of all the essence and just kept the soap. Yeah. Well, we've got soap next because that's yeah. when Clara is talking to old Danny Boy. Yeah. On her mobile that can go across the galaxy, and uh, and 
you know, she decides she's going to stay with the doctor. Apparently, when she says, I love you, she is looking directly at the doctor. She's, yeah. she's talking to the doctor. She's not talking to her boyfriend. No, again, I mean, it's even more creepy now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now that Peter Capold is sort of, he's older than us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very creepy. But also, I'd forgotten just what a horrible person Clara is. Well, it's the, it's the yeah. Rose thing again, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Mm. It's like, you want your cake and eat it. Yeah. It's, She's just a spoilt yeah. brat, yeah, isn't she? Yeah. You Most know? of the companions have been, haven't they, in New Who? Yeah, we haven't. I, no. I, Amy and Rory are the yeah. only ones we've been okay with so far. It's going to be interesting to see what we say next week. Yeah. I think it'll be. I think it'll be surprising. Yeah. To be honest, um, something we didn't do uh, at the top of the show um, is we put our doctors in order. And off the back of this one Peter mm. Capaldi story, where would you put the twelfth Doctor? Uh, I'd put him at the back. At the very back? At the very back, I think. Based on this one story, um, mm-hmm. he's behind Sylvester McCoy. Because, I mean, for all my... For the fact that I'm not a great fan of Sylvester McCoy, at least his doctor had a sparkle and, and something doctorish about him. I'm not well, sure what's wrong with Capaldi's portrayal. I should love it, and I really don't. Well, we'll be coming back, won't we, to, oh, yeah. to other Capaldi's. So he he goes behind Seven. I've put him just in front of Seven yeah. because, yeah, yeah, there are many uh, faults with his uh, uh, opening story yeah. of, of ours for him. But at least he's not doing a comedy, dropping something on his foot and doing bird noises. That's true, I suppose. Yes, that is true. I mean, weirdly, I think... I, I, I think he worked much better with Pearl Mackey and um, uh, uh, Matt, Lucas. Guy, Matt Lucas. Mm. I think he worked much better with them. And I think if we'd have chosen one of them stories, we, it might be a... Well, as I say, the doctors higher, can go and up yeah. and down the scale yes, at, true. every time we revisit them, all right? Yeah. Um, one little thing before we get into our usual tallies and stuff is... And I've got to dig out my box of old 2000 ADs, but apparently... The train through space idea, uh, where it's a regular train but flying through space, is from a 1980 edition of 2000 AD. All right. Uh, back when they used to do back cover, you know, yeah. star scans, you know, that you could cut out and put on your wall. Yeah. A uh, illustration by uh, Kevin O'Neill. All right. So I've got to I've got to go back and have a look at that, and if I can find it, I'll scan it and I'll put it on the Facebook page. All right. Um, so right, okay. So the foretold. We've we've talked an awful lot about the Doctor and Clara, and not an awful lot yeah, about the foretold. Because you, I was quite, I was quite taken aback the fact how little the mummy appears in this, mm. because he was in a lot of um, advertising mm. for this episode. Um, but the mummy, I, I know we joked that Frank Skinner's the best thing in it. He's not. The mummy is the best thing in this. The mummy is absolutely excellent. Yeah, the design. We, yeah. we we always talk about the design first, mm. and like I said before, I mean this is Monster Squad mummy. Yes, this yeah. is this is Hollywood standard oh, mummy, yeah. isn't it? And, and we get some really close up shots of the the mask, and it it holds up pretty damn well. Yeah, the the, yeah. the mask, the hands, and the feet are all latex. Yeah, 
Then you've got the bandages. The chest is a fiberglass chest, and everything was then attached to a uh, you know a lycra undersuit. Yeah. But you know the face is amazing. It's really good. Yeah, really good. Um, too good for this story, in fact. It, you know? Yeah, it absolutely wasted, and that's why, I, I, you know, you sort of get the feeling that it deserved better. Yeah. So, what would you give it for design out of ten? I'm going to go for nine out of ten for this. For nine. All right. I'm not sure how you could you unless they got unless they dug up uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and shuffled <laughs> him on. I don't think you could you could. There's there's not a better mummy. I mean, it it puts the Brendan Fraser mummy oh, designs. Boys. They have dated yeah, horribly, badly, haven't yes. they? Yeah. Now this, I th- I think you know they always say you know uh, effects are dated, but this is a real effect. Yeah. Um, I think it will hold up. Yeah, I, I, imag- hold up, I no imagine problem. there is some CG, you know, because you can see through bits of it and things like that. I imagine there's some CG enhancement. Yeah. But yeah, the, it does show what good latex mm. stuff is, you know. All right. Well, I, I gave him an eight. Yeah. All right. So that's eight and a half, which puts uh, the foretold in joint second place Ooh. on our design rating with the Axon Monster. They yeah. both got eight both, and a half. Both latexy. Both latexy, yes. Mm. So the next one then is the effectiveness of um, the mummy. I think, other than the very end when they they like you say they go oh it's a vampire and it turns out to be a soldier and it's demissive. I think the actual scenes where the mummy appears and there's no silliness really to no. them and it works really well. So I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go an eight with that. Snap. That's yeah. exactly what I've got. So if he's got an eight, that's put him in joint first place Ooh, on effectiveness. He, 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 you've got to imagine the foretold sitting down at a table with Sill. Yeah, that's, that's right. a story in itself. Isn't that weird? That, can you imagine this, this villain? If make, make this creature the villain, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily need to be like a you know an intelligent villain, but this is the creature. And in a four-part story, so over four weeks, you get used mm. to it. This would be up there with, with all the classic monsters. Yeah. It? This would be scaring kids. Um, but they waste it in a, a brightly lit train carriage. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, this is, uh, this is unusual because um, I've just done the ad- adversary tally, yeah. which is when you, you know, add the two together and, yeah. and, and they divide it. So his design rating is eight and a half, puts him in joint second yeah. with the Axon monster. Um, having eight out of ten for effectiveness makes him joint first place with Seal, and that gives him an adversary tally, joint first place, 8.25, with the K1 robot. Wow. So he's with the Axon monster in one, Seal in the other, and then... The K1 robot. He's in with some good company, and I think this is a this. And it, isn't it weird that, I mean, all credit to the the, the guys that made the mummy and that you brilliant job on that. Isn't it weird that this this is I think one of the first times where, the story in no way has matched the no the monster. No, it's it's usually quite the reverse. Because if we it? if you were scoring what if you were scoring one out of ten for this episode based on the episode your enjoyment the story yeah. what would you give it i'd probably go about three if that it, it's definitely below zero, uh, below average yeah yeah definitely, yeah definitely. maybe a three but 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 you say a three but if the mummy was really crap oh that be could nothing. be even lower oh yeah if, if this had been a a cgi krillotane style creature 
Brendan Fraser mummy yeah, type. Then, yeah. then, yeah, this would be a complete write-off, I think. Yeah. We'd, yeah. We would be saying, oh, thank God Frank Skinner was in it, because he was the only good thing. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's very good. I mean, you know, this is our very highest rating of um, any new Who adversary. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in, in first and second places, alongside all the... Uh, classic who one yeah, so that's which is, that's really good yeah it is and it's i mean it, it shows because we're looking at the the adversary not the story that i mean it, it it part of me feels like it's wrong that it's so high up there but it's not it's it's a brilliant design it's brilliantly mm. portrayed and even the whoever was in it did the movement was spot on really i wrote good. it down yeah. and i can't find it i think it's somebody called jamie hill i think oh, his right. name is yeah yeah, he he had played um, some of the silence before. Ah, right. No, he's presumably yeah. very thin. <laughs> very thin and very, uh, good at... Yeah, yeah very good mind. Creeping actor, yeah. forward creepily, yes, yeah. All right, well, we, we can't do the Earth date because they're not on Earth, no. so... Uh, and so... they don't give a, a space date, do they? they don't. No, 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 we have... Or a location, we have no, no. idea. There's something about, I remember, when they, they were... It was all planets around here, and that's a that's black true, hole yeah. over there. But that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. And that because because doesn't a woman say, "Oh, that that planetary system disappeared five thousand years ago"? Or something. Oh yeah, you're lying. She goes, yeah. "Oh, you're lying." You know, yeah. Mm. All right, so that's us done. So we've got to finish by announcing who's next, and yep. of course, it's, it's my cho- it's my it's choice. Thirteenth Doctor. Thirteenth yeah, Doctor. Yes. And so I'm going to go with an adversary where. And I think throughout all of New Who, and also in films and things like that, you you, you know me, I do effectively speaking, and yeah. you, you, you know, special effects and movie and TVs. And because I know how things are done, I'm not that, I'm, I'm never really creeped out or unsettled by effects because yeah. I'm always looking at it yeah, you're, with a curious eye, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going with an adversary that, for the first time in ages, where I, I watched it and I thought, that is an unsettling, creepy design, and it's Tim Shah. Oh right, from the very first the one, very because first one. because the notion of having teeth embedded yeah. in your face is a horrible idea. It you is. know, it's it's weird as well. I mean, because I suffer a bit from you know that where you can't look at holes. And so if you've got a lot of holes together, I I find it very difficult to look at them. I right. can't think what the name of it is, but and I got the same feeling with him because of the teeth. I, it's not too bad, and people kept putting on Facebook when when he was there. They kept putting on Facebook pictures of like art installations where it was a whole head just made out of teeth, and it, right. it, I I would feel quite ill looking at it. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, no, it? that doesn't sound like a nice image yeah. I would like to no, watch. No, yeah. it's, and it's, it's just something horrible. about it. So yeah. so I thought I thought we would go with Tim. Well, um, excellent. So, uh, uh, which I watched yeah. once, I I, I yeah. distinctly remember watching it and having that memory of bloody hell. I'm sure children would be creeped out by this because I'm being creeped out by yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If mm. the woman who fell to earth, is... that's the one. Yeah, she's yes. on a train to begin with, isn't yes, she? She's on a right. train near Sheffield or something. Yeah. All right. Well, that's us for next week then. All right. Oh, good one. I look forward to watching that again. All right, excellent. Okay, well, thank thank you, listener. Thank you, Ian. Yes, thank and, you for listening. And hopefully, and, uh, if you're a big Peter Capaldi fan, let us know and tell us why you like him. 
Yes. Hopefully yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't uh, come, lost you. Come, come to the defence. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. See you next time then. Bye-bye. Well Thanks then. Bye.